Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, roughly 42 million unpaid caregivers care for older loved ones in the United States. By 2050, Older adults will represent over 20% of the population. How are we going to care for all of them? Join me, Sujin Pak, the host of Uncared For, as I turn the spotlight on the emotional highs and lows of elder care in season two. Through intimate conversations with family caregivers, we'll explore what it takes to ensure our loved ones can age with dignity. Uncared For from Lemonada Media and the Commonwealth Fund is out on May 15th, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, a podcast about apologies. And this week, I took all of my vitamins and supplements every single day. So I'm very proud of myself. I know it takes 66 days to form a habit, but I feel like I'm on the right path. And this is Mohana Dushiki, and I have not done that for so long. And this is another week of me waiting for a confirmation that uh, Queen Elizabeth is alive. Still haven't got it. Still waiting for it. <laughs> and my name is Oha Lopez. And this week, I tried and failed to build a desk. The very desk that I'm using right now had to be completely botched by me and then repaired by my partner, Rachel, once again entering a heteronormative dynamic that we have in our relationship where I do not do well at mechanical things and she comes and fixes things as I ruin them. I, I mean, I, I don't blame you. I truly, I feel like desks are just like the worst. They make them so complicated. And it's just yes. like, hey, it's just four legs and a big piece of wood. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> but you will spend five hours doing that. Yeah. And I'm trying to be a good gay, but I am really just not, I'm not rising to the occasion here. I love, I mean, not that I love, but I'm really good at putting together like furniture, like from Ugh. places. Like I'm, it's not like I like, like to do it, but I'm like good at it. Yeah. It's like math. No, I botch Ikea furniture to the point where Rachel's like, we should just return it and get a new one. Because you know, like once you put a screw in and you take it out, it's like ruined forever, basically. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I do it bad, y'all. I just, I don't read the instructions and then all of a sudden I'm dealing with something upside down. And then I get that fatherly sigh from Rachel as she walks into the room. <laughs> well, see, I think you suffer. Okay, not reading instructions. I think that this is like a common element that is like invading our culture because I'm going to tell you, I got so many hate DMs this past week <laughs> because people don't like to read the captions of uh, Instagram posts. Like, 
Whatever you put in that little square better be your final message because people do not like to look below the line to Mm. actually see what you're reading. And I think uh, that's what we're going to talk about today because I think (laughs) that's such a good segue. (laughs) Excellence. We live in a just the headlines culture and I'm like a bit scared of it because just in the last week we have heard or seen so many headlines that some of them are just flat out false. They're just not true. Absolutely. Yeah, but also it's like, who's in charge? Are you in charge of doing your own research when you read something? Or are the people who are putting out the content in charge? It seems like there has to be a mix there of of making sure that it's not misinformation. But also, I mean, gossip is gossip. It feels kind of good, no? Like to talk shit and to think about these famous people's lives and how they're terrible too. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've read articles about how gossip can be a good thing, right? Like it's evolved over time and it helps us evolve as creatures. Now where we've taken it, I'm not saying that we're using (laughs) gossip responsibly as we we Mm -hmm. have in the past. And I look, I take pride in like joking that I'm like a number one news source for people. I know that I'm not like the number one news source, obviously. But for some people like who follow me, I do like I'll just, you know, I'll give them the information and it makes me feel happy that I am. But I also really try to make sure before I do it that, yeah, where I'm getting it from and what I'm saying is responsible. I mean, I did, you know, And we'll talk about, I mean, there was a couple stories that came out this week, one of them being uh, this blogger, Tasha Kay, who was sued by Cardi B. Um, This has been a case that's been going on for like three or four years. Yeah. She's now going to have to pay over four, it's like $4.1 million because Mm. of this suit. It's like an intentional tort, I think, is the final claim. Mm. Basically, the claims that were being made on Tasha's YouTube channel was that Cardi B does cocaine, you know, that her baby will have, you know, developmental issues, that she was a prostitute, and that she has herpes. And 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 really, like, stood behind it. Like, and I think she was even given the chance to, like, remove these over time, but really stood behind it. Yeah. You know, fought this case. They take this case, you know, and she loses. I think at one point, Cardi B had to bring in her medical records to the judge. The judge reviewed the medical records, didn't let other people, because obviously with HIPAA, didn't let other people review, but reviewed the medical records and said to the defendant after reviewing them, this doesn't look good for you. Which is, I think, when people knew, like, this case was definitely probably going to go in Cardi B's favor, which it did. And then you know, Tasha ends up, you know, making what she said was her one and only statement after the judgment was read. And yeah, in her apology, still seemed to stand behind, like, I want to fight this to protect First Amendment. But I'm like, okay, if you believe somebody is an asshole, sure, you can say that. That is your belief. But believing somebody has herpes and telling people that is a totally different thing. Truly, truly there is not an amendment that is like more misunderstood than the first. And I think a lot of Americans have no idea what it means. And it's just like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. That's, that's what it is. Like no one's going to put you in prison for it. But at the same time, you should deal with the consequences. That's literally what it is, especially if it's affecting them. And I guess that goes back to the point of like, 
where does it become illegal where does it i feel like if it's affecting the person because like i feel like this would have gotten to a point where you know maybe her kid would be taken away from her or something you know I think that was part of the thing. Like when these rumors were going around, she was pregnant at the time and it was affecting her pregnancy. Like she was having a lot. It was it was really screwing with her life. She was, you know, with her relationship with Offset. You know, obviously, if you're being accused of cheating, like that's going to affect your relationship. So many things. Do you feel like because this really, to me, relates a lot to the other side of things, which is like. The feeling that there's all these doctors making false medical claims or like all these all this sort of like fanfare around vaccination. And the truth is, it becomes like it, it's almost like Tasha is doing something similar where she's like just choosing to like create these elements of sort of like falsehoods in order to drum up like, well, she's the only place that can get this scoop. Well, duh, because she's making it the fuck up, you know? That's why, like, it's it's a clout thing. It's a way to keep people interested in her channel and all of that. What really surprises me is that digging in, because the digging in is like a clear, like, it's like the Trump camp, you know? It's like never admit to the lie, and then you'll always have like a strong base of people that support you unless you do admit to the lie, and then they can no longer back you up. But it's surprising to see it in all different areas of news and of like, it's specifically with Tasha K too, because it's like, I don't know, it definitely is kind of modeling around the Perez Hilton sort of thing, where it's just like outing people yeah. for things. Even if she did have herpes, even if she was a prostitute, like, who the fuck cares, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing that makes the least amount of sense is that like, in the testimony, like during the trial... Tasha admitted to knowingly publishing lies about Cardi B in order to boost her business. So you can't on one hand in in the trial admit to this, but then at the same time say, I'm going to fight this because I'm going to protect, which it it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like it's just you want to protect your freedom of flying. Is that what you're saying? But you're making money out of it. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, it's it's so stupid. Yeah. And like what I was really um surprised I guess surprised by was, you know, after the judgment, Hilaria Baldwin hosted Cardi B's statement after the trial, and then Alec Baldwin ended up reposting it. And, you know, she, you know, in those statement, you know, Cardi basically just talks about like, you know, the only difference between her and people who are getting cyberbullied is that she had the resources to go after this and like that we really need to stop this sort yeah. of like bullying online for every people, which is like a statement. I just thought it was interesting that Hilary and Alec reposted it because, you know, I know they obviously get lots of things talked about them. It just made me wonder, like, are they going to try to kind of go down this path with people? I don't know. Uh. Like, it just it just got in my head because it was... I just didn't see them as Cardi B fans to be reposting her statement. <laughs> that, that man, that family, truly will, man, especially Alec, will manage to make everything about him and be like, yeah, this is also what I'm going through. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you're, <laughs> please stop. I mean, I do think that there is probably some bullying when it comes to like Hilaria specifically. Alec, I'm just whatever, but. At the same time, there's this sense of what you were saying, Mahanid, which is like, you have to deal with the consequences. If you put online some strange, like, psychopathic ideas about, like, where you're from or, like, try to attribute some kind of, like, 
Latin or Hispanic background is something that you just don't have, like, you're also just gonna get called out. Like, that's not... <laughs> that's not defamatory or bullying. It's like you do it on a public basis. And so the amount of people that see your post are going to make fun of you for it. Um, like, I just don't feel bad for them. Do you think, I mean, I know you, you know, you mentioned like Perez Hilton, like, you know, he was part of this like sort of like online culture. I don't know if necessarily a lot of the things he ever published were false. Like he just sort of like, it was more of mean girl stuff. Right. Yeah. And so it seemed like, just recently, it feels like more we can just outwardly just say anything. Do you think that because in my head, this Pandora's box really opened with Trump? Like, I feel like Trump opened this window where you can say whatever you want and get away with it. And it all started with that hot mic on the bus with uh, uh, Billy. What's his face? Yeah. Billy. What's his face? Billy, <laughs> Amazing Billy Bush, man. Yeah. <laughs> and even though like there was nothing lo- like all that was was a hot mic moment. But what it showed us was like, oh, wow, there's like no consequences. Kind of no, I can do and say whatever. So now I'm just going to do and say whatever, even if it's the truth or not. I don't know. I think I think honestly, if you are willing to be shameless about it, like literally you will not face social consequences, at least. Yeah. You know? Because if if shame is not a factor, because I feel like a lot of people are motivated by that, you know, like if someone like shames me for something I said, I will take it back or like I will rethink it or whatever. Like with Trump, like when he says, I didn't say that, even though it's on tape, like you can hear it on tape. And he's like, this is not what I said. And you're like, but this is what you said. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. There is truly nothing I can do anymore. Like, what am I going to do about it? Well, yeah. And like, honestly, it sounds so sad. Like there came a time where, I started thinking, like, well, should I just join this collective band of, like, people who don't give a shit? Because, like, over there, you can't get canceled because, like, there's no consequences. You have lots of, uh, like, I would say sycophant, you know, fans, not just, you know, maybe not the yeah. good kinds of fans, but you got a lot of sycophants. And then I snapped out of it because I was like, this is ridiculous. You don't want to be in, like an echo chamber of people who like have no, you know. Of course, yeah. I honestly think, I mean, to your point, Kiki, is is I feel like you shouldn't have to feel that way about like stuff that are true. And I truly feel sometimes like I would take something down even though I really believe in it and I think it's true because of the replies and like the people coming at me and I'm just like, am I wrong about this? I feel like I am I've I've said something wrong. And I've I've had to deal with this like on like maybe like not as a big of a level as like maybe like, you know, big name celebs or something. But a few years ago when I had this, you know, this case with like Border Patrol where like they took me off the bus and I talked about it online and like few uh publications picked it up, even though I was there and this thing happened to me and I believed deep down that I was like mistreated and I was like racially profiled and all of that and i had this court case going you read what people say well, i started reading what people said about me and even like you know some like news sources and stuff to the point where i was like am i wrong i feel like i did something wrong now because wow. this is what these people are making me believe like i have somehow done something to either deserve this or i could have handled this in a better way and it really gets into your head Hmm. yeah it's hard because it's also like, 
who are you to like deny a personal experience of a person? Like, who are you to deny like the feeling that you got when that happened to you? And people can dispel and they can like question kind of your account of things or whether or not they were correct and how they did it or why they did it or whatever. That'll end up, you know, being solved in some kind of court of law. But talking about how we feel about things might be the one kind of saving grace that we have (laughs) in terms of like, this is something that we're allowed to own. But definitely, I can see how like a lot of voices saying the contrary of what you believe absolutely yeah can like destabilize your center and then you have this those same people who are like you know uh, do not understand what an opinion even means <laughs> yeah, yes and, exactly <laughs> you, you know cuz you, you you hear it a lot you hear people saying something like well it is a, it's a different opinion and you should just you know have to live with it and you don't have to agree but you should respect it. And then you look into that opinion and it's something like, you should die. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not... What do you mean I have to respect it? This person oh, is telling me to yeah. kill myself. And you're like, it's his opinion. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. I hear a lot of like that saying, you know, uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. I've heard Mm -hmm. like that a lot. And I especially think of that when I think of Joe Rogan, because like, okay, I have followed Joe Rogan for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I was actually supposed to go to a Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan comedy show in New Orleans in April of 2020. So that was definitely canceled. Destiny was like, no, ma'am, you're not. No, no, you're not. We're going to do it right now. This seems like the right time to put a stop on all of this. That is actually why COVID happened, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And so I like, I always draw this pair. I mean, 
Dave and Joe are friends. And after, you know, the whole sort of Dave Chappelle recent cancellation, what's interesting about the two of them is I will say that, oh God, I'm probably going to get yelled at for saying this. Like, there are two people who people have such a physical, like, response to if they aren't, like, fans of them. They're not even willing to listen to, like, an episode or like a show or like an Instagram video with them in it. And they will read publications about what they've done wrong and right. run yeah. with that. I agree with you. I mean, like I hear the thing. I watch and listen to everything, even if I hate, which is, you know, I don't know what it says about me. It's maybe why my mental health is just keeps going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just who on the knows? Uh, I've noticed. Like my friends are like, why are you watching this? You hate it. I'm like, you may stop. <laughs> It's I'm I'm doing it for myself, and like I've listened to some like Joe Rogan like recent episodes, watched the videos and stuff. Even though they, he does not make it easy because they're like fucking four hours long or some. I'm just like, bro, I have a life, you know. I'm not gonna do this. But at the same time, I guess like there's also there's like camp where you're like, no, you have to listen to everything he said. I'm like, I'm not gonna go back and listen to every Joe Rogan episode to form an opinion. <laughs> if I listen to like the latest three and maybe an old one, and then I'm like, I feel like I can form an opinion. That's what it's called, you know, scientific method. I just I need a sample. <laughs> yeah, you know. But with 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 Joe Rogan, it's just like I feel like we're like stuck in this thing where if you're a comedian and you say something, then if people don't agree with it, it's a joke. You know, you're not supposed to take it seriously. And then if people think it's a good point, then they're like, you know, comedians are like modern day philosophers and like we should listen to them. And I'm like, okay, which one is it? Like, is it a joke or why should I take this person like everything they say seriously? I need to uh, figure it out. But the thing with Joe Rogan is like, it's not just his opinion on him. It's also the people he had on the podcast. Some of them are, you know, scientist i guess or or like you know work in the fields doctors and 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 and, and all of that and then i'm like i'm like okay now we can challenge those people because like if you have a politician or you have someone then this is not a comedian this is not a podcast so this is an actual person in that field and we're allowed to challenge their ideas because for the most part joe rogan will not do that he will not yeah. challenge their ideas if he agrees with them and i feel like that happened with the most recent episode where he had uh, jordan peterson on where they were talking about climate change. And then Jordan said, well, climate isn't real. And I was like, well, okay, oh, now this is... <laughs> no, no, don't say is, that. That really happened. This is happened. a whole different oh, thing. They're yeah. like, I heard climate change is not real, but to be like, climate, it just does not <laughs> exist. I'm like, well, what? Are you, what? I don't even know how to debate this. Yeah. I've listened to a couple of episodes, too, and usually it's the ones that are really, like, highly controversial. Like, he did that one where he talked to, um, I think his name is, like, Gavin McInnes, and he's, like, one of the founders of, like, Proud Boys, like, the far-right mm -hmm. movement or whatever. Yes. And he basically uses his appearance to, like, genuinely, like, argue that Muslims are too, like, this is a quote, too inbred for the U.S. to accept as immigrants. And so there's this thing where it's, like, he doesn't really respond to that. He's just letting this man kind of say yeah. his opinion. And so there's a certain part of it that I think is like when you allow these messages to just be broadcast largely, people who already feel that way or are already angry find something to latch on to and they find each other more easily and they get connected more easily. And to a certain extent, it's like, 
I mean, that's a positive thing that the internet does. But on this podcast in particular, Joe doesn't know enough to have a real conversation with this man. He doesn't. So this person is just allowed to say whatever they want with another person on the other end who's way in over their heads. And Joe Rogan is many times when he's talking to all these people way the fuck in over his head. And so it doesn't feel like there's an equitable space or an equitable argument in that they're just allowed to make this half-ass argument and Joe Rogan just keeps moving right on. And so I just don't think that that's, that that's a responsible thing when you have that many people listening to your show. Especially when you also drive it to, you try and drive your point by saying stuff like, or labeling your podcast as something like, you know, this is, this is what the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear. Yeah. And, and it's just, this argument is so funny to me because like Joe Rogan podcast has more listeners than any podcast on the planet. There are more people who listen to you than who watch CNN. You can't say that you are not mainstream media. You are too mainstream. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are the stream. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And to do this whole thing, you're like millions of people following you. And to pretend that you are the minority here is an insane position to take. Because like, all of them like, feel like victimized by the, like, this whole like, mainstream media. So they, like, they have to band together. I'm like, you are more than any other group. What are yeah. you even saying? And it's like, it's such a Trump move where he tried to really, mm-hmm. like, ingratiate himself with these people that he really did not, like, have anything in common with. But they felt like, we're all in this together. And I'm like, dude, these two are not in the trenches with you. And and yeah, and I also agree. It's like, you know, what Spider-Man, it's like with power comes great responsibility absolutely and so you can't just hide behind you know yeah you know this is a comedy routine no like like you said you are the most popular podcast on planet so no you're you're the news you're the news source dude yeah exactly yeah and yeah this whole thing they're making it into comedy and people are like no i'm just a big fan of his comedy and it's so funny to me because i'm just like okay tell me one joe rogan bit that you like what is a joke that you remember that you really like because i want to hear that and there usually isn't because the man is just saying opinions that he just believes and that's just it. crazy maybe i would have had one if i'd gone to that comedy show maybe no and so this all leading up to that title or the big kind of like news piece that we we're talking about which is the joe rogan and then the neil young situation where uh-huh. uh, kind of out of the blue haven't heard from neil in a little bit since maybe like 1998 um, but I do love Neil Young. And he kind of comes up with the idea that he's like, okay, uh, publicly, I'm going to make a statement saying I'm going to come off Spotify. Mm-hmm. If Joe Rogan is on the same, you know, I'll call Spotify a network or an app or whatever. Also with to say that I found out that Neil Young had polio as a child and didn't have access to a vaccine. So there's this like, I think probably an emotional component for him in terms of like, a yeah. systemic one as well. So he thinks it's a big fucking deal that Joe Rogan gets to have people who are anti-vaxxers on his yeah. podcast. And so, yes, it's going to take a lot more than Neil Young to change Spotify's mind about Joe Rogan. We've just talked about the fact that he has, what, it's like 200 million followers. Yeah. But after all of this happens, it seems like there's some fanfare happening. So Joe Rogan kind of does what we... I wasn't expecting this to happen, but basically apologizes which is really interesting. So he goes on Instagram and just posts this nine minute, nine and a half minute reel 
And did you guys watch that? Like, because oh, it was yeah. genuinely like an interesting. I have not yet. No. Well, I'll give you like a little perspective. So the tone was extremely calm. And I think he kind of did a pretty good job. Like some of my highlights for this were first, he apologized to Spotify because he's like put them in that position. And mm-hmm. then he's sorry that Spotify is taking so much heat based on his podcast. And then he kind of goes into a. This is how this podcast started, where he's he's basically saying, I'm not trying to promote disinformation or be controversial. For me, this podcast is just me talking to people. And that one of the major things that he's realized, which I'm sure he's realized before this, is that he never in his kind of wild dreams, quote, imagined it would be so successful and so popular. And he called it a juggernaut that not even he is in control of. So I think we're definitely talking to a person who's like, I don't know what to do with all this responsibility. And he agreed with Spotify's decision to put the disclaimer. Like he was like, I agree. Like, and and I agree that I should do more research on the people that I have on the program. And I believe that I should have more balanced approach. I do the, he said he does the scheduling personally and he should do a more, a better job of like, okay, if I want to have a conversation with this person, but I should also have a conversation with this person. Yeah. I guess there's also this, you know, a bigger conversation to have about like, you know, because first of all, even if Spotify removes Joe Rogan, it's, it, it's not going to do anything. Oh, he's going to become, yeah, like he's going to have a bigger platform on, exactly. that he'll just go 100% into his pocket. He can, exactly. He can post, like he literally can just post on a website he makes and just pocket all the money. So I guess the conversation there to have is like, first of all, why do people listen to Joe Rogan in the first place? Because I feel like, you know, he's not the problem. He's a, a symptom of a bigger problem, which is, you know, it's a big conversation. Like, why do people not trust the healthcare system in America to start with that they're listening to a podcaster? And some people have a point because, like, you know, it's it's not good. It's just, you know, we've <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's been fucked over and over again that some people just don't 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 believe in it. And then you have like this whole conversation about media literacy and like how people like consume news and how they read them and how they can verify from themselves and and i guess it literally all goes back to you know the education system in the u.s and we are seeing it right now because we're banning books that teaches like about the holocaust or like about like uh, critical race theory and like what like slavery was like and all of that so what people are left with is just like people like joe rogan where they get all of their information from which is usually not even information. It's just stuff that they already agree with. Yeah. So I don't know like what the answer is. I mean, obviously this is like a bigger (laughs) problem. I mean, my issue is like when I hear, let's say when I listened to the apology, there were certain things where I was like, I agree with that part of it. Right. Where we are in a society is though, is if I say I even agree with one thing Joe Rogan says, I get lumped into this category and I don't want to necessarily be lumped in this category because I still am thinking about how Joe Rogan said that like black people (laughs) shouldn't be called black people because unless they come from the depths of Africa where they have no clothes, I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm over here dealing with that and like have a problem with that. So I can't agree 
even if I do agree with something you said, because I so wholeheartedly disagree with so much of the other stuff that's happening. Yeah. Also, when you talk for four hours every episode, you eventually say something I'll agree with. You say a lot of words. One of Some of them has to be right, I guess. You can't be wrong for four hours. I will say, I think the interesting thing is that at the very end of his apology... He said that it's good to have haters because it's like the sentiment was that they keep you in check and that haters and listening to your haters in some respect allows you to kind of like open up, you know, some ideas that you have on certain things. And so I think maybe that is the solution is to just kind of be a hater in certain circumstances that are warranted and just like kind of be a little bit crazy in how you can call out people who are that big and at that level. Because, I mean, the truth is he posted this apology and perhaps will be more careful about promoting disinformation or at least about having more balanced, like, um, people one after the other. And, I mean, to a certain extent, it feels like Joe Rogan is a regular schmegular dickhole that I would not love to hang out with that sounds really annoying that has a podcast that's successful that he did not imagine was going to be that successful and is just now realizing fully the responsibility that he has in having it. And hopefully he can pivot. And honestly, I think he needs to kind of clean up the act a little bit because he's been going kind of kamikaze with this podcast for so long. And that's what people love about it. Yeah. But I think that there is kind of a reckoning happening that if he wants to still kind of be a good guy, he needs to kind of acknowledge some of the shit that like his haters are calling him out for, or else he is going to just kind of become another Alex Jones, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will say like, you know, I listened to an interview, you know, I love Jackass. I'm going to the bonus content opening night on Thursday. Um, This is exciting. (laughs) And I was listening to an interview with Johnny Knoxville and like, you know, during like the 2020 um, movement after George Floyd, you know, he said, you know, he posted a statement about, you know, what he he believed. This is wrong. And he lost so many followers. And he was like, I'm so glad I lost those followers. He's like, because this isn't about politics. This is simply about human rights. And if you can't even see that, then I don't want you as a follower. And I think that's part of like what Joe needs to recognize is he needs to have a reckoning with some of the people that follow him. And yeah, yeah, you're a corporate man now. Let's face it. You're a corporate man. Maybe you need to shed some of those people that are only listening to you for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. And also like drop this whole like victim thing where you're like not mainstream and you're not you're not being accepted by you are friends with elon musk the richest man (laughs) in the world like the whole like regular joe thing like average joe act bro you're a you're a fucking millionaire i will give him this though i will at least say that i was shocked that we got that statement on sunday as soon as we did, because most people who were put in the, I'll say corner, who wasn't back to a corner, right? But who feel they've been back to a corner, just double down, right? Like we, 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 we've, like the Candace Owens and the Donald Trump juniors of the world, they just double down, don't accept responsibility and just keep like feeding into their base. You know what? I, I will say at least he did this. And I guess all we can see is like, will it change? We'll see. We'll never know because we don't listen. I don't know.
Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Um, but yeah, I know there's like a ton of things happening online too that feel like very similar to this. Again, it's like who is allowed to say things and when do we stop with the allegedly and what is gossip but not and for me something that I feel like caught fire in a way that was insane was the Kanye West like I guess the the sort of quote is telling everyone with an earshot that Pete Davidson has AIDS and I mean like let's say that I believe it right let's say that I believe that Kanye has been telling like a couple of his friends that Pete Davidson has you know, not just HIV is HIV positive, but it has just full-blown AIDS. Straight to AIDS, yeah. Straight to AIDS, number one. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, like a weird tabloidy, people magazine-y. Like, it just, like, it's probably just not true. And if it is true, maybe he told one person or two people as a joke and now it's just turned into this snowball crazy thing you know well, that's the thing because i mean supposedly you know dj academics went on a twitch i believe right. and went on this rant about how he knows for fact that you know kanye has been running around telling people this and you know you know just hearing it it's like okay we obviously know he has not gone over Kim. Like his behavior and actions shows that he is not over Kim Kardashian. He does not like that she is dating Pete Davidson. So could he be talking with his boys and making some, you know, comments about his sexuality and his diseases? Sure. Have you, I mean, I've definitely said some <laughs> fucked up shit about a fucking ex and their new person to my friends. So yes, that is absolutely a possibility. Um, you know, he, of course, is denying he said any of this. I do think it's weird that DJ Academics is saying that Kanye said this, especially after the time. This literally came like the day after Tasha K like had a judgment of her against $4.1 million for spreading misinformation. So it's weird <laughs> yeah. that you're even going. I mean, I don't know if DJ Academics and Kanye were boys at one point, but it's just weird that you're even telling it. Um, and then it's just it's the whole thing is just so ridiculous um, because, yeah. <laughs> but like, if you know anything about Pete Davidson, you also know his dating history. Let this man date her for three months and then they'll be broken up. Let's be real. Like, you are tripping over a man that is probably not going to be around for long, first of all. Like, I had just started coming around to like, I was watching old Kanye 
uh, interviews and starting remembering the old Kanye. And I was actually just starting to like be like, the old Kanye is in there somewhere. And then all of a sudden, AIDS. I was like, really? I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, what what is this? Like the, the fucking... 80s 90s something like saying someone has AIDS I'm just like okay even if that's true like what is the yeah what is the issue like, why is that yeah like, this, like it's so funny to me that this is the worst thing that he can think of mm-hmm. I'm just like okay buddy maybe yeah. Uh, yeah fourth graders on the playground in 1988 exactly like this is the best best comeback you can come like the most horrible <laughs> thing you could say about somebody like it is yeah. definitely like an early 2000s like diss in the sense that it's like well, we don't talk about HIV and AIDS like that anymore, honey. Like the cool kids are are like protecting people who are positive, and now people are getting tested, and it's curable. So it might as well be any other dang disease. Yeah, they're on prep. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they're like using old sh- weird shame tactics, like that are homophobic. It's like anybody who is like yeah. <laughs> trying to bully somebody by telling like other people that they have AIDS. I'm like, well, the joke is on you, sir. Because the cool kids, the euphoria kids are taking this seriously and we are all supporting each other at this point. Yeah. It's definitely like newsflash, women like each other now. So if you try to make fun of a woman or if you try to call somebody out for having AIDS, they're probably not going to come to your rescue. They're going to go and be sweet to Pete Davidson. Yeah. Also, that whole thing about uh, that diss track that Connie is releasing, I guess, where it has a line about like how God... Uh, saved him from his car crash so he, he can beat <laughs> Pete Davidson ass. And I'm just like, first of all, cool rhyming, my dude. Uh, and second, do you think God? That's why God saved you? Is that is that what you think? I don't know when the accident happened. I can't remember really. But I probably Pete Davidson was a child then, and God saved you. Like when this child grow up, you're gonna fuck him up. And that is the only reason you did not die in this accident. That's like that Bruce Willis movie where he had to like, he was supposed to kill that kid because the kill was going to destroy the world. Like Pete Davidson is some villain that's going to destroy the world. So you have to (laughs) knock his ass, punch him, knock his ass out. That was your whole, whole purpose. Also people calling it a, people keep calling it a brutal disc track. And I'm like, what? That is not a brutal disc track. You have to find Pete Davidson's internal insecurities and get close enough to him to even do a brutal diss track and um kanye doesn't have the time also whether you like pete davidson or not he is very harmless it's just that's just a fact and i think that's what people keep coming after him so much because he's just like not for the most part is not going to respond he doesn't even have social media i mean he's harmless but don't leave him around your single (laughs) single friends Okay, so just to really recap for me, what is the deal with this feeling of like, we're listening to tabloids and we're just going off and maybe ruining a couple people's lives in the process? Like, how do we do our research? Like, do we just, I mean, the same thing is like, think before we post because we're just like shark circling blood at this point with these stories. I feel like it all goes back to clout, baby. People (laughs) love clout. People will do anything for clout. That is literally it. It's just such a fucking disease. And I'm like, you want to be loved. Exactly. And I, and I, like, I fall, I fall into this trap too. Cause I feel like sometimes like I literally would do something, would post something or say something and then go back to it. And I'm just like, I do not even care about this thing that much. (laughs) <laughs> or am I doing it just because it's trending and I'm hoping to pick up like some heat from it? 
and i'm like i'm really trying to be cautious of that i'm just like i'm not gonna like i'm only gonna talk about stuff that i really care about yeah or want to say instead of just being like seeing something that like everyone like is talking about i'm like okay i have to have a take yeah and the thing is i do not like if i put my phone away and just go for a walk i don't have to participate in any of it (sighs) again i think the entire premise of this podcast is we need to be less online and we need to be moved like living our own lives with like things we can touch and feel and paying attention to our friends but it's just so damn hard like this is the new reality right and so if it is like how are we going to try to be a little bit better moving forward i'm not sure i guess the message here is truly just you know more people should follow me and kiki and oha and that will fix all of your issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm a number one news source. I will, you know, I will use allegedly only when it's really necessary. Otherwise, I will always bring you factual information. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, you can feel free to DM me anytime. My DMs are closed, so you have to find a way around that. <laughs> but other than that, if you cancel DM me, then I will listen to you. I'm like, wow, this person really managed to get to me. So... <laughs> Okay, and now it's uh, the time for my favorite segment of the week, Sorry Not Sorry, where we either apologize for something that we did, which I rarely do because I am perfect, as everyone knows, mm-hmm. or, you know, we ask for an apology from someone. So we're going to start with Oha. Hopefully Oha this week has uh, someone who, you know, owes her an apology. Um, thank you for introducing it like that, because this week somebody does owe me an apology. Finally. Ooh. Fuck yeah. yeah. Okay, so Chicago has a famous thing where if it gets really snowy, and I'm sure that this happens in major cities, people start putting pretty much useless objects out on the street to save their parking spots after (laughs) they have cleaned their spot because it snowed a shit ton over the weekend, right? And so now we're sitting on snow that comes up almost to your knee And so you have to dig your car out. And it takes, I mean, a good 30, 40 minutes to dig your car out from a space that's right in front of your house. Now, yes, technically that is free street parking that everybody should be able to access, correct? But we all know that there's also sort of more human element, which is that if I dig my own car out for 30 to 45 minutes from the snow... And I put a chair, be it an old plastic dump chair that me, Oha, has in order to preserve a parking spot that I've dug myself out of. You should not remove said chair and then park in the spot that I worked so diligently to get out of. Absolutely. I mean, that's the same philosophy as like, if I clean the bathroom and clean the shower and clean the tub... I get to take the first shower, the first bath. Mm-hmm. It's just a human courtesy that also is an unspoken and illegal rule in Chicago <laughs> that I truly believe we should all follow as a real principle of how to be together in a small community, you know? And so I was, let's say, and I watched them do it. So I went out onto my front balcony, which I'm looking at right now. And I was like, no, 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 no. I got loud on the streets of Chicago. And I said, you're not allowed to park there. I put that there because my partner went to get food and she will be right back with our car. And that's where it's going to park. 
And then they started to get in some kind of shouting match and even still put the chair that I put there and moved it out of the way. (gasps) And parked there? And parked there. And, okay, I don't know if I, I... I haven't seen them before, so I don't know if they were just, like, visiting somebody here or what is happening. But I have burned in my retinas and brain and my dark black heart here their face and the way that they were dressed so that if I ever see them again... I will be upset, but probably not approach them. I really thought you were going to say that you have burned their car. And I was going to be like, <laughs> well, I mean, let's, we're going to edit this one out. Uh, definitely not going to confess to a crime. <sighs> I thought I for wish. sure. I'm surprised we didn't get a call uh, asking to bail you out because I feel like I would have ended up in jail. That Those are fighting <laughs> words. Those are fighting actions. Like. <laughs> fighting actions. Yes. I think from now on. Instead of a chair, it should be a cardboard cutout of you holding a gun. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, you're definitely owed an apology. But then did you have to apologize to your partner? Like, did they have to park like far down somewhere else? They they had to park maybe like it wasn't too bad. It was maybe like a block and a half away. So that's still not the most fun just because we're dealing with a lot of ice that you have to walk through. So that really isn't the most fun. But, you know, there has been at one point we lived in Wrigleyville, which is kind of on the edge of Boys Town and Wrigleyville in Chicago. And truly, that was like the gays and then the baseball gays and then the baseball straights, which are there are many of too. Um, they all converged in some kind of eye of the hurricane right in front of our apartment there. And if I tell you that we couldn't park but six or seven or eight blocks away on a bad day, that's that was real hell. Wow, um, also, we moved out from that apartment on Gay Pride and there was a game at Wrigleyville um or at the the cub stadium and i i've never sworn hatred against gay people until it was pride on the day that i had to move out of my apartment oh my god um and i was like i hate them all yeah there was people making out that i had to step over in order to get some pottery just out of my house nice. i was like your happiness is insulting to me on this day well yeah i mean hey i am not going to agree or disagree with that point that's that's all yours <laughs> You do, oh, yeah. you. Well, Kiki, mm-hmm. what's what's happening this week? Has anyone parked in your spot? Uh, no, nobody is. Well, actually, someone did park my spot, but you know, like I, it's a friend, so I let it go. That uh, sounded <laughs> sexy a little bit. <laughs> um, Kiki, did you let somebody park in your spot this week? I wish they had. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually gonna uh, demand an apology from Mohanad because <gasps> um, he had introduced, I think, both you and I, Oha. To Wordle, and we oh. didn't know what Wordle was like mm-hmm. a week yeah. ago, and so I was going to be very upset that now I have another, yet another thing to add to my morning routine. But <laughs> you know what? I'm going to apologize to Mahanid for having the thoughts that he needed to apologize to me because I'm actually having a great time because <laughs> I what a twist. am way better at Wordle <laughs> than I thought I would be. I don't know. Like I don't know why, but it's so I much just, fun. I get it. And it, and like, I mean, I'm probably jinxing myself. I will probably lose like every game after this. But um, so, yes, I offer my apology for thinking I was going to hate it. Mohammed. It's it's so much fun. And I love that it's just once a day thing. Yeah. So you don't have to, you know, you have, it's literally what's keeping me alive right now. Uh, just, <laughs> you know, the next, I'm like, well, I mean, I have to be around for the next world that you, you, you never know. Mm. 
Uh, well, so uh, yeah, so this week, obviously, I'm gonna demand an apology because that's just how it goes with me. I'm 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 not gonna apologize for anything. <laughs> but there is this uh, bakery in New York City. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's called uh, Bread's Bakery because that's what it, it's called. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna censor that part. So they have been advertising this uh, black and white cookie that they've been selling. And it's just okay. like ev- everyone just like me making like a huge fuss about it. And I was like, I have to try this shit. And they have four locations and apparently they only sell it in the uh, Upper East Side. Okay. And if you're not familiar with New York City, I live in Brooklyn. So to get to the Upper East Side, I need a passport to get there <laughs> and like a few days. Yeah. So I went, me and my friend Hannah, we went there and we were like, we're trying to get it. And they were like, oh, we're out of it. Oh. Uh, we don't have it. And we went there at like 1 p.m., you know, and we're like, okay, whatever. I guess we'll we'll try again another time. So we kept asking, like, we're like literally harassing them on their Instagram and stuff just to figure out like, when can we come and get it? And they said, you can come as early as you could. We sell out early. So we did. Uh, on Friday, we... Woke up at 5.30 a.m. Because <gasps> that's, that's where I'm at now. What? Yep, yep. And we, we met there at exactly 7 a.m. when they opened. <laughs> to get a cookie. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it was like the, the subway was so busy because everyone was going to work. And we're like, <laughs> cute. We're going on a mission. So <laughs> we get there at 7 and they're like, oh, we actually don't have it until 8 a.m. Oh, and I was no. like, okay, this this starting to feel like racist because, you know, anything <laughs> that bothers me is in totally. fact racist. Yeah. So we're like, okay, so we went to a cafe nearby, just like got some like coffee and stuff and waited until eight. And we went back and still wasn't ready. And I was just like, okay, this is like, like borderline hate crime now. Uh, <laughs> what's happening? And then eventually they were like, literally were like, how many do you need? And I was like, uh five give us five of those and they literally just went to the back and like i think made five of them (laughs) and they just brought them out and i was just like why why is it why does this feel like a drug deal now like what's (laughs) why don't you have it out what's happening here and i was like at a point i was just like first of all guys you have to know we don't live around here we live in Brooklyn. And then I was like, maybe that's why they don't want to give it to us. Um, They're like, you're not going to move this across the bridge. This is like trafficking at this point. And I was just like, anyway, uh, I demand an apology from them for being so unclear about it. And I have never, I haven't woken up at like 5 a.m. since I was like, I think I was five. <laughs> I mean, and all of this for a, a black and white cookie. I know New Yorkers love their black and white cookies. I just like, I, I mean, yeah. maybe I've just, they've, I haven't had that one. Was it was it great? Was it delicious? It was really good. Oh, okay. And I'll, I'll say this also. I mean, if you're listening and you live in New York City, literally everything that place serves is fucking amazing. And that's why I'm like, you know, more inclined to just forgive them. But Got it. still. It's sort of like Soup Nazi meets Supreme meets <laughs> like a sneaker drop at 5 a.m. outside of a Nike store. Exactly. Plus like kind of a Broad City episode of retracing your steps for the single cookie. Exactly. There, it, that it, story's it, got a lot going for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was my heart and Kumar go, goes to White <laughs> Castle. That's what, what we were doing. <laughs> so do you want the apology for um wake having to wake up early to get the cookie or the fact that it was just not even ready when you did all that? All of that. All it of just it. Okay. it just felt like 
<laughs> it's just like it was like a web of lies, lie after lie after lie. I'm just like, can you just not be honest, Brad's Bakery? What's happening here? That's what Honestly, I'm asking for. It sounds like a, any experience in a developing country. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yeah, you were yeah. talking about that where it's like trying to get your passport at like a Venezuelan embassy. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, I was like, I did not leave my home country for this. <laughs> This is not the American. This is a nightmare. (laughs) Usually in America, they tell you steps A, B, and C, and you get there and you have those three things and they give you what you need. But occasionally, when you encounter experiences like this, it just takes me right back home. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want that. I don't want that either. (laughs) I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please, don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms, or follow us on Instagram at I'm Sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way, through food. Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, wherever you get your podcasts. People love to pretend that there are simple formulas for living your best life now. Eat this and you won't get sick. Manifest it and everything will work out. But there are some things you can choose and some things you can't. And it's okay that life isn't always getting better. I'm Kate Bowler, and on Everything Happens, I speak with kind, smart, funny people about life as it really is. Beautiful, terrible, and everything in between. Let's be human together. Everything Happens is available wherever you get your podcasts.